God bless you all. What's going on? We are back with another chapter from the Bible Read Aloud. We are still in the book of Acts, but we're almost done. We have two more chapters left. It's been a journey as I reflect back on the entire time I've been doing this podcast. We've read all four of the Gospels, and now we're almost done with the book of Acts. And we're just cruising along, and I just feel like I have grown from this. And I'm confident that you, that you, the listener, has grown as well. That you have grown as well. Um, and the thing is, even if you haven't been rocking from the beginning, if you haven't listened to every single chapter, every single episode that we've released, you're still growing because the word, that's what the word does. It causes you to grow, to search yourself from the inside out, and to cause you to change. So, uh, for that, I'm encouraged. I really do stand on that. I really do believe that. If you can see me right now, I'm talking with my hands <laughs> because I, I really believe it, man. I'm like the word does what the word is supposed to do. It is a, it is sharper than a double-edged sword. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So let us continue to grow. Let me stop talking and start reading chapter 27. First caption reads. Paul sails for Rome. Verse 1. It was decided that we would sail for Italy. We, meaning Luke, is with him. An army officer named Julius, who served in the emperor's special army, was put in charge of guarding Paul and some other prisoners on the trip. We got on a ship from the city of Adramedium, Adramidium, Adramidium, A-D-R-A-M-I, excuse me, M-Y-T-T-I-U-M, A-D-R-A-M-Y-T-T-I-U-M, Adramidium, I'm going to call it. So we got on a ship from the city of Adramidium that was ready to sail to different places in Asia. Aristarchus, a man from Thessalonica in Macedonia, went with us. They They trying to trip me up with these big words and names. We moving, though. We moving. The next day we came to the city of Sidon. Julius was very good to Paul and gave him freedom to go visit his friends there, who gave him whatever he needed. So that's good. Julius gave him freedom to go see to go visit his friends, who gave Paul whatever he needed. And that was in the city of Sidon. Um, we left that city and sailed close to the city of Cyprus because the wind was blowing against us. We went across the sea by Cilicia and Pamphylia. Then we came to the city of Myra, Myra in Lycia. There, the army officer found a ship from the city of Alexandria that was going to Italy, so he put us on it. We sailed slowly for many days. It was hard for us to reach the city of Sinaitis because the wind was blowing against us. We could not go any farther that way, so we sailed by the south side of the island of Crete, or Crete, near Salmon. We sailed along the coast, but the sailing was hard. Then we came to a place called Safe Harbors, near the city of Lycia. We had lost much time, and it was now dangerous to sail, because it was already after the Jewish day of fasting. There's a footnote that reads, 
the day of fasting or the day of atonement, an important Jewish holy day in the fall of the year. This was the time of the year that bad storms happened on the sea. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that there will be a lot of trouble on this trip. The ship, everything in it, and even our lives may be lost. But the captain and the owner of the ship did not agree with Paul. So the army officer accepted what they said, accepted what they said, instead of believing Paul. That's interesting. You got Paul, the man of God, led by the Holy Spirit, versus the captain of the ship. Um, it's like wisdom versus skill and knowledge. Paul's wisdom, led by the Spirit, was telling them, well, led by the Spirit, I mean, his wisdom, he just knows that this time of the year in the region that they're at, the sea is going to be bad. Um, but, so it's, it's that wisdom. He's also led by the Holy Spirit, um, which in the past, the Holy Spirit has told him, you're going to face trouble ahead. And this could be more of the trouble that the Holy Spirit spoke of. Uh, that's not true. In the instance I'm referring to a few chapters ago, the Holy Spirit was saying, Paul, you're going to face trouble in Jerusalem. Um, so right now, the Holy Spirit could be telling him again that there's going to be trouble up ahead, or it could just be common knowledge that, hey, it's storm season. It's going to be ugly. But the but the captain of the ship was like, nah, we got this. So it's like, mm, I don't know. Um, but the, the uh, uh, Julius, who was you know, in charge of Paul was, he decided to believe the captain instead of Paul. So, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I guess you, you would think the captain of the ship is, uh, fully aware of the circumstances. And if he said it's, he said it's a go, then, then it's a go. So let's see what happens. Verse 12. Also that Harbor was not a good place for the ship to stay for the winter. So most of the men decided that we should leave there. They hoped we could reach Phoenix, where the ship could stay for the winter. Phoenix was a city on the island of Crete. It had a harbor that faced southwest and northwest. Next caption reads, The Storm. Verse 13. Then a good wind began to blow from the south. The men on the ship thought, This is the wind we wanted, and now we have it. So they pulled up the anchor. We sailed very close to to the, we, we sailed very close to the island of Crete, but then a very strong wind called the Northeaster came from across the island. This wind took the ship and carried it away. The ship could not sail against the wind, so we stopped trying and let the wind blow us. We went below a small island named Cauda, C-A-U-D-A. With the island protecting us from the wind, we were able to bring in the lifeboat, but it was very hard to do. After the men brought the lifeboat in, they tied ropes around the ship to hold it together. The men were afraid that the ship would hit the sandbanks of Sirtis, of Sirtis. So they lowered the sail and let the wind carry the ship. The next day, the storm was blowing against us so hard that the men threw some things out of the ship. There's a footnote that reads, The men did this to make the ship lighter so that it would not sink easily. A day later, they threw out the ship's equipment. For many days, we could not see the sun or the stars. The storm was very bad. We lost all hope of staying alive. We thought we would die. 
The men did not eat for a long time. Then one day, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, I told you not to leave Crete. You should have listened to me. Then you would not have all this trouble and loss. But now I tell you to be happy. He says, be happy. None of you will die, but the ship will be lost. So that's a prophetic, a prophetic word from Paul proclaiming that no one's lives are going to be lost, but the ship is going to be lost. So be, and he says, be happy, be encouraged by that. And a word of prophecy uh, should bring encouragement, a true word of prophecy. So let's see what happens. Let's see if Paul was really hearing from the Spirit when he said that. Verse 23, last night an angel came to me from God. So he's saying that an angel came from God. That's where this information is coming from. The God I worship and belong to. The angel said, Paul, don't be afraid. You must stand before Caesar. And God has given you this promise. He will save the lives of all those sailing with you. So Paul is saying that he, God desires him to appeal before Caesar. And he will make sure that that happens. And to, to show that God is serious, everybody on that ship is going to be saved. Verse 25, so men, Paul continues, so men, there is nothing to worry about. I trust God and I am sure everything will happen just as his angel told me. But we will crash on an island. <laughs> He's like, so get ready for that. On the 14th night, we were still being blown around in the Adriatic Sea. The sailors thought we were close to land. They threw a rope into the water with a weight on the end of it. They found that the water was 120 feet deep. There's a footnote that reads, uh, literally 20 fathoms. 120 feet is literally 20 fathoms, about 40 meters. They went a little farther and threw the rope in again. It was 90 feet deep, literally 15 fathoms or 30 meters. The sailors were afraid that we would hit the rocks, so they threw four anchors into the water. Then they prayed for daylight to come. It's interesting. Um, I don't think it really spoke about the faith of these individuals that were on the ship, other than Paul, of course. But um, these soldiers were praying. They're praying now. Uh, perhaps Paul had a, a mighty influence on them, and now they are believers from, from seeing Paul, Paul's witness. Who knows? Or from just being with him night after night, day after day, and I'm sure he was preaching Jesus to them as often as he spoke. Um, but it goes on to say, then they prayed for daylight to come. Some of the sailors wanted to leave the ship and they lowered the lifeboat, the, mm, excuse me, they lowered the lifeboat to the water. They wanted the other men to think that they were throwing more anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul told the army officer and the other soldiers, if these men do not stay in the ship, you will, you will lose all hope of survival. He's like, that's a terrible idea. So the soldiers cut the ropes and let the lifeboat fall into the water. So they're listening to Paul now. I'm not sure what the captain of the ship is doing, 
but I'm pretty sure the new captain is the Holy Spirit. Actually, after all, the Holy Spirit was the captain all along and allowed whatever the ship was doing, I mean, excuse me, allowed whatever the captain was doing and saying, he allowed that to happen because all authority is given from God. So if uh, that man was captain, it was because God allowed it and it got them to the point where uh, the Holy Spirit was like, mm, now cap, now uh, Paul's in charge. I give authority to him. So everybody's listening to Paul at this point. So the soldiers cut the ropes and let the lifeboat fall into the water. Just before dawn, Paul began persuading all the people to, the people to eat something. He said, for the past two weeks, you have been waiting and watching. You have not been eat, you have not eaten for 14 days. Now I beg you to eat something. You need it to stay alive. None of you will lose even one hair off your heads. After he said this, Paul took some bread and thanked God for it before all of them. He broke off a piece and began eating. All the men felt better and started eating too. There were, two, there were 276 people on the ship. We ate all we wanted. Then we began making the ship lighter by throwing the grain into the sea. So when Paul was saying nobody's going to die, not one of your hairs is going to be lost. He was saying that to 276 men. Next caption reads, The ship is destroyed. When daylight came, the sailors saw land, but they did not know what land it was. They saw a bay with a beach and wanted to sail, and wanted to sail the ship to the beach if they could. So they cut the ropes to the anchors and left the anchors in the sea. At the same time, they untied the ropes that were holding the rudders. Then they raised the front sail into the wind and sailed toward the beach. But the ship hit a sandbank. The front of the ship stuck there and could not move. Then the big waves began to break the back of the ship to pieces. The soldiers decided to kill the prisoners so that none of the prisoners could swim away and escape. But Julius, the army officer, wanted to let Paul live. Wow, so the soldiers decided to kill the prisoners. But Julius was, was protecting Paul. Really, God was protecting Paul. The Holy Spirit was protecting Paul. He says, but Julius, the army officer, wanted to let Paul live, so he did not allow the soldiers to kill the prisoners. Okay, so they wanted to kill all the prisoners. But because Julius wanted Paul to survive, to live, he told them not to kill any of the prisoners. Look at the mercy of God, the, the, the providence of God. Really just protecting Paul wherever he went and, and, and sustaining his life. So if you don't know the life of Paul, um, he gets executed. He gets beheaded. So he does not, li he lives into his older age, but he eventually gets executed. So he obviously could have lived longer. But God allows him to live to achieve the things that God wants him to do. Um, Paul needed him to go appeal before Caesar, so he sustained his life until he did just that. Um, and, and many 
many pastors and many scholars are, are under the conviction, many Christians are under the conviction that if God has a plan for our, our life, we are not going to die until we achieve that plan. So, if that's true, and we die at age 30, then we can still be, we can still rest assured that the plan God had for our life was fulfilled. Even though it's un, it seems untimely and it's very sad, um, very sad for the people left behind, I should say. Um, the Lord's purpose would have been completed for the life of that individual. I mean, let's take Jesus, our great example. He was crucified at age 33. What did he say before he died? It is finished. The cup, so to speak, he called it the cup, or the, the purpose for his life was finished. And then he died. Um, that's just one example, so. Uh, let's see. Uh, he told, uh, I believe this would be Julius, the army officer. He told the people who could swim to jump into the water and swim to land. Okay. He told the people who could swim to jump into the water and swim to land. The others used wooden boards or pieces of the ship. And this is how all the people went safely to land. So Paul was right. All 276 people survived the storm and no prisoners were killed, even though the soldiers wanted to kill them. But the prophecy from Paul came to pass. Nobody died. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know your word is true. We also know that you have a good plan for our life. We know that you are in charge of everything. You are the creator of creation, God Almighty, omniscient, omnipotent, all-powerful. You are good. You are holy. I thank you, Lord, for your word, for your word is truth. The sum of your word is truth. Continue to equip us for good work and let us not grow weary doing well, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Continue to be patient with us, Lord. Continue to sanctify us and change our hearts day by day. Conform us to the image of Christ. We thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. I love and appreciate you. Um, stay tuned for chapter 28, the last chapter of the book of Acts. I hope you have enjoyed this. I hope you're learning. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you're growing like we discussed in the beginning. And I look forward to finishing this book with you guys. And stay tuned for after this book, we're getting into the topical Bible studies. And I don't know if I told you this yet, but I plan on bringing guests onto this show. Just throwing that out there. If you're interested in doing that, hmm, reach out to me on Facebook. Tim Allen on Facebook. You'll see a picture of my light skin butt with my wife. All right. <laughs> uh, if you don't know me, um, then, yeah, look for that. Tim Allen, just like the actor, Santa Claus, Tool Man. Anyway, but, so that's my plan moving forward. Topical Bible studies and to bring on guests. I'm super excited about that. Um, where two or more are gathered together in his name, 
there he will be in the mist. So I'm excited to see what two minds together reading the scriptures will come up with. I give you light commentary. It might be heavy commentary when you get two of us together. We shall see. Um, glory to God. Stay tuned. I love y'all. God bless you. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace.